Hello and welcome to an emergency post-transfer window stats one podcast with me, James York, and Ted Knudsen. Hey, Ted, how are you doing? You're you're miles away, aren't you? It is. The sun has recently come up. It is a high of 103 Fahrenheit today, <laughs> and uh, I have uh, decided to to come back onto onto Twitter just mostly to do research uh, to at least for the. This podcast, especially because the the last the last three days of the podcast or the transfer window were crazy enough that we had to come back. Yeah, that's, for anyone looking at Celsius, that's sixty five degrees Celsius, I believe, that Ted's uh, recording. In I'm right pretty now. sure you can boil water at this temperature. <laughs> I might be a little bit out there, but it's pretty hot by the sounds <laughs> of things. We've got wind and rain coming in this country, so you're in, you're in the right place from some regards. Right, what we're going to do? We're going to literally no pop culture crap today. We're going because we've got a lot to cram in we're going to just go through in alphabetical order the Premier League and then if just kind of like grade and evaluate what we think at this moment and we could be wrong things will change players exactly. will be stars but you know at this very moment what we think of uh, each team's uh, transfer window and give them a kind of like uh, A, B, C, D kind of grade and, and go from there and it should be fun so let's kick off there's not really much of a curve, although we're not failing anybody directly. But you know, if you get a D, you basically have failed, probably. And yeah. you know, this is from our perspective. Obviously, we don't have all of the information. We haven't studied these and scouted these at the same level as everybody else. I thought Fulham had a good window last year. There you go. There's, yeah. there's the thing that I got wrong immediately. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't spell doom. But we are professionals at this. We do this pretty regularly, and we have a lot of experience in this space. So we thought that we'd toss out the grades out there and completely ruin any friends that we have at the team level. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it should be okay. C's good. C's a pass, isn't it? That's 19 out of 20 teams for me that are going to be happy with me, so that's good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe not. Let's start with <laughs> Arsenal. Let's start with Arsenal, the top of the list. Now, uh what we got? We got basically Nicholas Pepe in, Tierney in, Ceballos in on a loan, and David Luiz in for some good defensive fun at the back there. So and hair looks like yeah, looks like four starters or like you know probably going to be starters in this squad, and they've replaced essentially. I mean Pepe, I guess is kind of like uh, I didn't like the sale of Iwobi because I quite like him, even though his numbers re- rarely kind of like stack up. Although you, I think you did a thread last night that was quite useful on the on the stats bomb thing. It was showing how what Iwobi is good at, which is kind of ball progression and like you know getting getting into the box, getting the you know carries into the box and these kind of things, which don't necessarily come out in like your xg xa kind of stuff, which he doesn't. That was Mike. That was, was it Mike? Was it? Uh, like oh, apologies. Goodman topped in there. I am actually still not quite on <laughs> on real time here. So yeah, yeah. So I'm, it's an interesting window, and I went from very pessimistic to mildly optimistic, which I think is pretty impressive. Um, I think Wobi and Kosielny, to a little extent, is a bit of a blemish, um, but Louise actually is probably an upgrade in a lot of ways. Uh, the way I described it on Twitter was. You know, if, if you could take a guy that was like a rich man's Mustafi and didn't always play like you know the headless chicken Mustafi and make it so you pay $8 million plus a two-year contract, which is a very reasonable contract, for a 32-year-old. When did David Luiz get to be 32? Uh, yeah. and, and, and basically just like prevent Mustafi from playing more. Arsenal fans would be like, hell yes, do that. It's fun. It's. I mean, they've got Saliba in as for the future. He's got load back out. So, like the the idea seems to be like, right, we've got Louise as a stopgap until this guy comes through or whatever. And you know, just Louise as a uh, swap for Koscielny, just like right, we've got an experienced centre back is okay. Um, this team's still going to ship goals, though. I mean, it, 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 most like you know, get Kevin Keegan managing this team. It's you, you can just see goals going in at both ends, really. Seven um, seconds or less, Arsenal. Let's go. I'm, a, I'm up for it. It's just it just seems like a, a bit of a kind of wild one. I like Tierney as a, as a kind of like fullback, although obviously he's, you know he's he's got to prove himself. So the theme that will come back to I think time and again, right age for a signing. You know you've spent like 25 million on a fullback. He's 22. Right, there's there's a lot of upside. You can get five or six years, maybe more if you know if it all ticks right and you know you're solving problems in that regard. That, I think that's partially partially why I don't necessarily like just uh, swapping Iwobi for Pepe. I don't mind Pepe in itself. But like selling Iwobi when you've got Mkhitaryan and Ozil kind of like milling around, aging in the squad, 
I mean, that's 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 the tricky one there. Like, what's your take on Awobi? Because like he's actually a fairly controversial player, uh, just in terms of like people can't pin down what they think he is or is not. I like, I like. I mean, this is the thing—the expected goals and, and expected assists kind of stuff that's coming out of him. It, it always feels like he needs more, but I think he's like, he's a, he's quite a useful kind of like cog, as in like you know, quite a high energy guy, uh, and like you say, quite quite a useful ball carrier. And he's he's always showed up well in like kind of like high up the field like passing metrics, like a kind of like mini Urzil guy that like completes passes high up. So I can really see his use within a team, and. But like you know, he's just because of his age. Like was he like twenty three? Uh, like even if he's like kind of like my 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 backup um, like wide guy or whatever. That's 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 good. And he's come through, so he's cost nothing. I mean, I guess they've got some money back on him and all that, and quite a decent fee. But I don't know. I just I just don't like removing those kind of guys from my squad, really. So I think the difficulty for me is that he doesn't show up well enough on the defensive side of the ball. So like he does have some some really interesting attacking side of it, but it doesn't seem to to be generating a lot of defensive output, even in the in sort of the pressure terms. So while I am kind of excited about his creativity, it also doesn't necessarily show up on the goal-scoring stats either. I think, you know, my, my reservations about this window in particular are mostly in terms of price. Like, I don't like the the end price for, for Pepe. I know why it was paid, but, you know, I, it's just too much. And then the, the price on Tierney, like, it's just a big number for a guy that, you've got more uncertainty about because of the league that he plays in because the competition he plays against. Uh, so like 25 billion is a, is a pretty big whack for, mm-hmm. for, you know, a left back that is coming out of Scotland and it could be that he's excellent, but I, again, price equals risk effectively is, is what we're saying. If, if you're paying 72 million, like he needs to be one of the best attackers in Europe. If you're playing 25 million for a right back or a left back from Scotland, um, you know, he needs to to start immediately and he needs to probably be Champions League caliber. And I, I think he probably is. And and maybe they're certain about the scouting. They, they felt like get yeah, rock solid in scouting. That's great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I have them as a B plus. So Do you? yeah, pretty solid window. Yeah, I have them as uh, B minus. Uh, main, mainly because that's that actually. I mean, in my rating, that actually grades out as like kind of like fifth, sixth in in this uh, in this list, which is which so is James fine. Been tougher than I have. I, <laughs> I think this Arsenal window coming in at, with low expectations was good, and and so good window means that you know they're not quite a slam dunk. There are a couple teams on on here that I think ha- had a great window, and not many that are sort of the B plus range. So like that's kind of where we're at. Fifth, sixth is yeah, probably yeah. the same, same spot. Yeah, that's. I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, and, and there's the, the factoring like expectation versus what happened as well. Like, you know, the expectation was very low, and then they actually did did some business. So, you know, there's 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 that angle there. Right. Let's move on to Villa. Uh, Villa have signed loads of like players, and again, at right ages in the main, they're all kind of like between 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. But I think my main question mark about Villa, well, I think they had to do what they had to do. They had to go and buy a lot of players because they had a small squad and they needed to fill it out. They've spent quite large fees on these players. But I think the 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 main thing I've got about Villa is just like the, it's the fear of the unknown, and uh, there, there's very much a kind of like unknown factor to to what Villa have done here, and that could literally end up anywhere that said i don't fundamentally think it's bad necessarily but if they go straight back down and they've got 130 million uh worth of uh, purchases to try and solve then maybe it is bad so it's a it's a tricky one actually so my my perspective on this is is like we kind of have to grade them on a degree of difficulty for the window because they did have a lot of shit that they had to get done and as you can see from even the top teams, getting deals done can be quite hard. Mm-hmm. So, so with that in mind, and knowing they needed to do you know, significant incomings because they had a lot of loans, they had a lot of expirings, Alan Hutton and Micah Richards are finally gone, uh, <laughs> which is you know, Glenn Wayland as well, who I kind of even forgot it existed there. Mile Jednak, who we used to see at Crystal Palace. Like, all those guys are now off the book. Richie DeLate, who I, I can't even remember the last time I actually saw that guy play. Um, so I'm going to go from the good stuff and, and then the others. I think they felt they had to do the Mings deal. The Mings deal was like yeah. way too high for me, but like they mm-hmm. felt that they absolutely had to. He, he solidified everything for them. Okay, fine. You paid a big whack for that. Uh, Target, I think, is too much. Ezra Kansa, I like. Uh, Marvelous Nakamba, I like the name. Um, <laughs> Trezeguet, big uncertainty. 
Tom Heaton, I love the deal. Yeah, that's that feels like a, a, a you know a, a, that feels like the best percentage deal, and he's like the one old guy that they've got. But I yeah, I I, I quite like. So this that, is us it? praising an old transfer for like the upgrade <laughs> and how good that Heaton has been, and he's still not that old. He's like what 32, 33? Yeah, thirty three. Yeah, so yeah, so he's doing... yeah, so El Ghazi is is like a. You know, he he was signed. Uh, he was on loan last year. That one seems all right. Holta, you know, maybe a bit of a wild card. They give him an extra extra body out wide. So, and then the ones that I don't like. So, like, I don't like the Ming's price. Wesley, I don't like. I think that that's way too high for what you're getting there. Douglas Weese is an unknown, as you say. Um, uh, Nakamba is probably an unknown. Bjorn Engels, I don't know much about, so I can't really criticize. Trezeguet is a big unknown. Like there's, as as you say, there is just a lot of stuff. So I think this this might be the toughest team to grade, or one of the two toughest teams to grade, just based on the amount of incomings, how do you evaluate it, but also knowing that like shit had to happen and they made it happen. I've got them in my like. I mean, I, my gradings are kind of like based of, of like, uh, is this team better than it was last season? And it is because they spent lots of money on lots of players, so it's almost undoubtedly better. So I give them a B minus, which is actually the same as I gave Arsenal, ironically. And already my grading systems are like falling apart and turning to shit. But we don't worry about that too much, <laughs> because, because James like, and I did not discuss this ahead of time. We did all of the, our own research. The the category the category they're in is have to be they seem has to be better but 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 Fulham I've written which is just a kind of like you know question mark yeah. so like yeah this team is better than it was like fundamentally for players last season but blending all these new players together and creating like the the right kind of ethos if things don't go their way I mean it could just get really nasty but. Or not. Uh, <laughs> I also so, have them a B minus, and I think you could bump them up a grade to a B just based on how much stuff they had to do. So we're in the same ballpark, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's concern. Right. All right. Okay. Moving right along. Born, Bournemouth, right? So again, I see like the, the signings they've made, uh, Dan Juma, Billing, and Kelly, right ages, 22, 23, 20 kind of thing. They they feel like they're relatively low cost. There's nothing intrinsically risky going on here. Like um, they haven't spent a fortune overall, and obviously got good money for Mings and decent money for Musa. Um, Mings, you know, was on loan last season. Musa was like peripheral. So like they haven't. I think the fundamental thing here is Bournemouth are basically the same team again, and they've bought some extra ingredients. So I can't. I can't fundamentally find much wrong with this window as, as a kind of like overall. They've got some talent that might kind of kick and work for the future. Um, like I say, I, I'm not. I'm not hundred. I don't hundred percent like like their signings per se. But I, I, it feels like they haven't really made made anything risky here. So I have a very different take on this, which is intriguing. <laughs> Go on. Uh, not that many signings. So like you got Billing, you've got Lloyd Kelly, you've got Dan Juma. Uh, from Club Bruges, you got Jack Stacy from Luton, who I think actually a lot of people quite quite like. You got the Harry Harry Wilson loan, and the loan's fine. Like presumably, there's no buy option on that, is what I saw, but I'm not 100. Um, I think Lloyd Kelly and Dan Juma are basically blanks. I don't I don't see what they see at all. Like Lloyd Kelly, okay, young fullback, but you know why? Like why are you spending 13 million on a guy that isn't starting for you and doesn't look like? you know, a future superstar at the position in England, probably, I mean, almost certainly was not like the best at his position in the championship. That That's a price that indicates, you know, again, we're going by prices that are listed on like the Guardian or transfer market. So like, you know, there might be a lot of clauses in this. It might be that like Kelly's a base 5 million with potentially 8 million in add-ons, in which case you're like, okay, well, this makes a lot more sense. Um, billing, I think that the passing like would concern me. His, his other stuff that he does is, is is pretty good, but you know, tying tying all of that together, especially for Bournemouth, uh, I think is is tricky, and that might be systemic problems because like often you know they they end up with a midfield two, and those midfield two like bear a lot of responsibility for doing things. They're playing in midfield three, then you know maybe you're able to to cover it up a bit. So I have this actually graded quite low, just based on the fact that like I think they spent you know. Eight figures on two guys that I don't think are are good enough to be in the Premier League. Right. Okay. Go on. And what's your grade? I have a C minus. C not minus. Sold. Yeah, I'm not even sold on billing here. I got I've got them as a B purely because I, I just don't see I, I don't see any downside. I mean I I don't I think you you've made very fair points. Um, but they've basically uh, I think 
maybe you know I've tried to factor in like you know is this squad better or worse and I don't think it's worse so therefore it's like okay they haven't screwed up yeah but I, <laughs> but, I think, but that's I, I see your if point you're not getting better then like your C or slightly below and if you're overpaying for some stuff then it's a problem now to be fair to them maybe I can upgrade them to a C because they got a big amount of money for Tyrone Mings so you get mm. both yeah sides out, of it. the outlay isn't huge so that's you know that's that's you know one angle that you can you can throw in there maybe but they probably in a, in a Premier League that seems to be getting better and better uh you know they probably needed to to make a little progress and I'm not sure that that happened Right. Okay. There we go. That's interesting. First dis- serious disagreement. Which As is I said, James and I have not talked about this at all, and <laughs> we, we also haven't really talked about the 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 British Premier League window as much. We've kind of talked about other transfers more so. So cool. All right. So we got Brighton, which is a yeah. Uh, yeah. As I think you said in the in the podcast earlier in the week, was probably the the team with the most variance in where you thought they might finish this year. Yeah, I, I, I feel that's the case because I just think so much is different with regards to style and it's almost like they've got two windows worth of like two summers worth of new players because it felt like they didn't quite kind of like click with uh, under Hugh and the players they bought last summer and you wonder if uh, uh, you wonder if uh, Potter will like bring them through a little bit more and and then you know three three kind of I think major signings Webster, Morpé and Trossard um, again, keep coming back to this right kind of ages, 22, sorry, 24, 22, 24. They've spent quite a lot of money, I think, like uh, in total. Um, there might be some other deals going on around there, but those, those are the main ones I've got for like kind of like cost. Um, they haven't really lost... Uh, I mean, knock out one out, didn't he, on loan. They haven't really kind of, like, lost anyone. So it's an in- interesting situation of, like, you know, this squad is, like, finally finally kind of, like, coming together with a manager that, uh, like, will have a very different style to what came before. I don't mind this transfer window. I mean, I, I think some of these... I think the Webster fee felt, like, a lot just because a year on, you know, he's, he's that fee's, like, gone way up. Uh, more pay fee, I think, is probably fine. Trossard, I don't know too much about. I... I'm I'm inclined to be positive towards this window. Yeah, so I I have them as a solid B. Uh, I yeah, think that uh, yeah, same. Mope is 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 a good signing. Like fee is is fine. Webster I think is a little high, but Trossard. If you compare him to to uh, Denjuma or whatever, I'm way more excited about the Trossard one. And right. the fee is listed as two million pounds more. Absolutely fine. Matt Clark I don't know as much about as I probably should, but you know there's a lot of players out there. And and Moy on on loan kind of gives them some midfield depth yeah. and and a guy that that has like you know a a, a fairly full featured game at this level. He's you know lower half of the Premier League, but he's still probably in the in and around that. I think there is a lot of uncertainty about their past signings because they didn't fit the system and they weren't getting played because of that. Uh, but I I like this window. It, it feels like they they should be pretty good as long as Graham can get you know what he should be getting out of the squad. Yeah. Yeah, so it it is interesting, but I think like you know just from a pure kind of like how good was their transfer window? And then I I they're they're towards the kind of like higher end of mine. They're kind of I had them like you know kind of like third fourth as as like kind of like the best thing, which wasn't necessarily what I thought when I started grading. So it was, it was interesting that that came out this way. Right now, uh, Burnley, Burnley. Now I think you've got interesting takes on Burnley. We'll just <laughs> riff, we'll just quickly riff through what 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 I can see happening. Jay Rodriguez, twenty nine. Eric Peters from Stoke, thirty. Drinkwater on loan. A half-season loan, I think it is, Drinkwater, unless I've misread that, which seems odd. Peacock Farrell coming in as, as kind of goalkeeper or backup goalkeeper. They seem to love buying goalkeepers. What is it with them? Heaton went out. And, um, yeah, I've got... Uh, yeah, my notes are goalkeepers, exclamation mark, otherwise nothing doing. And... I think my take here is like, well, it's a just complete shrug of a transfer window. Uh, I don't mind Drinkwater as a kind of like, as an experimental loan, like you know, he he could be useful for them. I think that's that kind of, you know, is points slightly upwards, you know, for from regard like getting him into the team. But yeah, the, in general, it's like, what's the concept here? I don't see a concept. It's just some like odds like cheap transfers like I don't know it's like they're they're, shop, they're shopping in Aldi when everyone else has gone to Waitrose I don't know yeah so my notes say fuck me <laughs> which, <laughs> which is the only, the only club that this says this about uh, in, in, in my list here but I, I was looking at it and I was like okay where does this get better this wait what 
Why? Uh, so Jay Rodriguez, 10 million, wasn't good at West Brom last year in what should have been an elite attacking group. Uh, a lot of time played, uh, a lot of penalties tagged onto it, a lot of age. Uh, Burnley were not young to start with, and they did not get younger here. Eric Peters has been basically a blank since he showed up on in the league. Um, Danny Drinkwater, I think, is interesting, but do you know how many minutes Danny Drinkwater yeah. played last year? Yeah, and the like, just basically, the guy's been on holiday for two years. So Drinkwater that. played thirty <laughs> minutes in the Community Shield, which was a trophy match, I understand. But um, yeah, so thirty minutes last year in the Community Shield, like six point five nineties, I think, in the year before, and and the loan is fine. Like they're not taking him on board full full speed. Uh, Peacock Farrell, I think, is a big downgrade, at least in shot stopping. Maybe they think they can develop him in something for the future. You know, it's only a three million, but for a team that was on the cusp of a lot of problems for about 65-70% of the season last year, and the league around them is moving, I have this as just a potentially horrific window where they got older and they didn't get better in almost any way that I could see. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually, because I've, I've, got, I've got them in my kind of like C to C minus group, which is like, it's the same as last year, but you're right. It's just I, kind I have of, them as like a nothing, D with a risk of, of you know potentially putting them in relegation. Like this this window just didn't fix any problems. Yeah. Okay. That's that's interesting. I, I, they didn't get a midfield dynamo to upgrade. Like it's it's a lot about you know Sean Dyche being able to convince all of his guys to run a full ninety minutes and and cause chaos again this year. But you know, they got to get goals from somewhere. Maybe they're going to grind it out. They were good on corners, but you got to earn the corners. I'm just like, where's it all fit together here? Literally, no one else in the league looks like Burnley in, in regard, like the profile of their signings. Like, there's just no one. Like, twenty-nine-year-olds, thirty-year-olds, and you know, loans for twenty-nine-year-olds. So, like, everyone else has kind of like got got the picture. It's like, right, let's let's invest some money in younger players, and they haven't reinvested money. I mean, these are these are kind of like discount deals in ways. So, they will love to stick it back to us and finish fourteenth oh, after after taking three shots a game and shipping 25. But I'm going to hear about this one way or another. And so, you know, you might as well have an opinion. From this vantage point, there's not much to be said. Right. Okay. Chelsea. Uh, I, I've, <laughs> I've risked the wrath of Twitter by saying that I think Chelsea are underrated this season this morning. And everyone's just like, they've lost Sorry, They've lost, they've lost uh, Hazard. Uh, whatever. I think... I mean, Chelsea's window. What they haven't? They've lost Hazard. That's a thing. They've lost Louise. I don't think that's so much of a thing. Um, they've got Pulisic coming in, and the various lone army that might not go out because they've got uh, they've got options. I don't know. It's hard to kind of grade Chelsea's window anywhere because it's been, you know, had this weird shadow of a um, you know transfer ban over the top of it. Obviously, losing Hazard is, isn't like a, a, you know any in any way a positive, but. I don't know. I, I I just I just think from a transfer perspective, like Pulisic coming in is quite strong, and keeping a few of the loan guys around that maybe they would have got rid of in the past. I I've got no issue with it. It just is what it is in ways. So see. yeah, I I basically didn't grade this window because looking at it, it it just feels like this is what they they had to do. Uh, I think that they screwed up in January and. Because of that, you know, they're kind of in a slightly worse position. I think my uncertainty is almost all down to what Frank Lampard can get out of this group. And unlike the the England old boy network in, which is weird because it's not the South, but yeah, the England old boy network in um, in the media, like I'm not high on Frank Lampard. I am cautiously neutral on him, um, yeah. and and that's largely due to what we saw at Derby. You know, personality very smart. Not sure that tactically he's ready for this job, but if you're looking for somebody to to kind of pilot you through, you know what is potentially a rough and bumpy season as they they kind of take this you know take their lumps this year and then re re gear like that's fine. I you know I I don't think we can even grade this. I I didn't put anything down. Also the the price that um, the Guardian has for the Hazard deal. Is way higher than I had seen before. They've got like eighty-eight point five million, and we—I think we had been told that it was like sixty. No, no, I thought it was—it was up up that high. That 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 works for me. Okay, I mean, sure. Uh, you know, if you—it's good money if you can get it. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, at some point, I mean, Hazard obviously wanted to go, and he's turned up a bit rotund at Real Madrid. So, yeah, I, I mean, Hazard's <laughs> such a polarizing figure. Like, literally, like he's he's the one player in the Premier League that I just don't like like as much as as the general public. And uh, I understand all of the good things he does. Like, he moves through zones brilliantly, and he uh, incredibly creative, a really dynamic player. But it frustrates, frustrates me because I think he just ends attacks. He's almost like a vortex for like attacks. And then, I mean, I, I had ideas around this, and then he went and was brilliant for a, a variety of games in the end of last season. And what am I going to do? Nothing. Is but he like the I, richest man's Wolf Zaha? Yeah, 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 in ways, if you were being really mean and wanting to risk the ire of the world, then you'd probably say that, yes. Sorry, I um, take it back. I take it back. I'm trying to delete it. I'm taking it back. <laughs> but I just don't... I think Chelsea have got a lot of strong players that, that, within that squad, a lot of good quality players, and they will be slightly better. The general idea seems to be like Chelsea are going to like fight with Man United for fifth and sixth. And I just think Chelsea is stronger than that. And I think they'll, they they can probably exceed Arsenal and, and land kind of like third, fourth again. But of course we just don't. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Honestly. That is, that is a bold prediction there. That's my, that's my one kind of like, you know, out of the slightly out of the box prediction because, and it's not that different to, to the, uh, you know, whatever, uh, what is a lot of people think, but I just don't think they, there's a lot of good players in that squad. Their defense is pretty robust. You've got Kante, Jorginho, you know, Barkley, all in midfield. They've, they've got so some I, good players. Lack of strikers, maybe, but then maybe Abraham suddenly like gets gets starts and and you know is good for Chelsea with decent players like William and Pedro providing for him. There is there is certainly outcomes Did where this isn't as William? terrible as it could be. William's decent. What are you on about? <sighs> I mean, he's thirty. He's aging into not decent anymore. Pedro um, is decent anyway. I agree also with Pedro, old, but... <laughs> and I am obviously I I am the the director and <laughs> and the driver of the Tammy Abraham train wagon or whatever. Like I'm I've been on board this one since he came out of the academy. But man, that's a that's a punchy take on this one. I this feel like right. I want to put like a friendly wager on. Um, <laughs> On, on, on Arsenal versus Chelsea, yeah. who will I'll take Chelsea. Here. I'll take Chelsea. You take Arsenal. There you go. Done. Uh, what What are we wagering here? Are we wagering a kit? <laughs> lunch. <laughs> lunch. There's no lunch. This has to be something significant. Like lunch is, <laughs> is easy. I I feel like we have to we have to wager a Tottenham versus Arsenal kit on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on then. That's fine. All right. Yeah. All right. That's that's good. All right. So there, there's our first wager. First disagreement. We've got Chelsea versus Arsenal who will finish higher and I cannot believe I'm on the Arsenal side of this uh yeah, given my last year but here we are so okay right. cool right Let's we're, move on. we're getting on to half an hour and like we're six teams in so we need to crack on right so oh, Palace shut up James we're, we're here for like as long as it takes <laughs> the people demand your presence Palace mate Palace Palace I, I, I've, <laughs> I have some very capital letters that say age <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Palace, Palace, like rock bottom on my like. Have you had a good transfer window? Just, I mean, they've lost, they've lost like one of their, their shining lights, Wan Bissaka, and just a bit of a shrug. Apart from that, I, I like Cahill as just an option as someone who can just go in there and, and be be part of their team. I think that I think they'll be fine because I think they're just generally not that weaker team. But from a perspective of this transfer window, it's yeah. just like right, you did nothing. What what? <laughs> well, not, not only do they do nothing, but their incomings made them older on yeah, one of the yeah. older teams in the league. Uh, and I think I made a joke in our last podcast that, that it's all relative to Roy. He thinks that everybody's young because he's so <laughs> old. Uh, so it feels like, you know, the squad's getting younger just by bringing in anyone that is, you know, 30 years or less. But like the James McCarthy one, like three million. Yeah. Uh, and, and Everton fans are like, oh, wow, we got a fee for him. That's amazing. And he's like 28 going on 29. Uh, Jordan Ayew, I can't even remember like where that guy plays anymore, but I also can't remember him doing anything in, it's not in like, recent it's times. It's not the goal solution, is it? And obviously they've, uh, Abraham's gone back and, and such, but I mean, not that he set the world on fire. Uh, not Abraham, um, Batshuayi's gone back, but you know, right. so they're, they're weaker there. Um, Kamaraza, when you get a chance, have a look at his radar, Ted. Honestly, it's just from his time at Cardiff, it's like, okay, why would you sign this guy? Yeah. And and that's that's like the entire the entire window for Palace is is just I mean this is a dumpster fire as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like they needed to get younger. They sell one Basaka, probably sell Wilf, 
like upgrade and and the question is just like you know you upgraded no positions effectively except for maybe Cahill uh, coming in but again we don't really know uh, he's not young anymore yeah and uh, so like a bit. you got back pro- quality but yeah yeah sure well and, and you know for, for a team that that we would generally if they even had an average window say that you know Roy's kept them with rock solid stats and this should be fine but my perspective now is you know they now are are taking a bit of risk by not improving and when are they going to improve you know Sorloth out to to Trabzon Spore, like not giving him any time you know Jason Punchin's gone Brackery Sacco's gone Ugh. all right moving on Everton uh, this one may be polarizing as well. Let's talk about what this one. This is fun. Everton. Yeah, Everton I've got kind of similar to Arsenal because I think... What is it? I I quite like... I quite, in and of itself, I like a Wobie deal, I think, but they've already got lots of players that kind of play in his position unless he's going to move... I, I started to wonder if he's going to be like kind of long-term Sigerson replacement. Like Sigerson's getting a little bit older and they might play him a bit more central. But you've got kind of Bernard and Richarlison playing playing left kind of attacker. And I guess Walcott on the other side. I don't know. I can't work them out. Keane's, Keane's, <laughs> Keane's coming. Again, most of these are the right kind of ages. Like Delft 29 just as a kind of swap for Idris Gay, I guess. Like kind of central midfielder. Gomez goes permanent. Oh, Gabamin. Maybe he's the big gear replacement. But he's 23. I think I... Like his metrics looked a bit of a shrug to me. Sidibe is a kind of like cover at right back is probably okay. On oh, I own. think I think Sidibe might might start. Yeah, I, it, well, it yeah, depends yeah, no, like how you're right. able to fit him in, but I think I think he's actually very good still. Uh, Monaco like an engine of chaos last season, so. They did need, yeah, and they did need player in that position. Keane, like uh, Moyes, Keane, twenty-five million, it feels like okay. I mean, I don't, don't mind people picking up out of the Juventus fire sale because, like, that's okay. So there's a lot of signings coming in. Only really gee that they've lost. So again, it feels like we've got this enormous squad of like loads of players and how are they all going to fit in and start. And I guess some might disappear in the next few weeks. But I mean, fundamentally, they haven't spent. Oh no, they probably have spent quite a lot. They got good money back for Lukman and Vlasic, actually. It was like thirty million, and they weren't anywhere near their first team really. So they haven't spent as much as maybe they have in. They've they've got volume in, and but not uh, haven't spent quite as much as they have in the past. So I don't. Know, I I put this as a kind of like yeah B minus alongside Arsenal, kind of like fifth sixth best uh, window, just because I think they've just got lots of options here, and there's some right age talent coming in, and I don't hate it. They, they, so I really like like two or three of these deals. Delft makes a lot of sense. Didn't overpay for him. Don't know what the wages look like. That might be a little scary. Gomez, absolutely fine price. Uh, I think Bamin is is the one that I'm I'm slightly concerned about. Moise Keane, I think, was a, a slam dunk of a deal. And you know there are things around that contextually that that make it that way. Uh, Sidibe, a good loan, and it will be you know for a, va- a late move. You know, thirty five to forty million, probably market price. Um, their outbounds also, they did address a lot of that. They needed to trim the squad. Uh, I'm not sure how much they trimmed it, but you know, it certainly looks like it's been been managed a little bit better. I have them also as the same grade as Arsenal, so like a B plus. Uh, it's just right. you know, my grading system's a little kinder yeah, yeah. than yours. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Right, let's go to Leicester. So Leicester's. Leicester's interesting because I, someone reminded me this morning actually that apparently we we've discussed uh, Telemans and Dennis Pryat earlier in the in the summer and kind of like rated them as like similar types of players and they've bought both of them, so yeah. I don't know what to think about that. Um, I'm less inclined to be nice about Oyoisi Perez, although again like you look you look ages like 22 Telemans, Perez 25, Pryat 25. Um, obviously sold Maguire for a huge sum, which kind of balanced the books a bit. Um, Okazaki's disappeared, which I guess Perez kind of like swaps for him in the squad. Um, yeah, they, they haven't. They're actually their net spend is kind of like very small because of the Maguire deal, and they haven't gone out and actively replaced him. Uh, they've got a couple of guys uh, who, you know, one guy, the Turkish defender, I can't remember his name. They signed last summer, and um, be interesting to see what they're doing at, at centre back uh, now. But I, I, overall, I think it was just a bit of a kind of neutral window. It felt like. Um, I don't see that kind of like, you know, last summer they signed Madison and Pereira, which was felt like two like nice upside potential players, and this yeah. summer it feels like they're just kind of like holding. Yeah, you know, I've got them as a C without any kind of like big big upside, just kind of as you were in ways. There are two deals in here that I I actively don't like. 
um, basically because of player quality. I would not have bought Perez for anywhere near that fee. And and Pratt, I'm just like not impressed by. Um, you know, maybe an average league midfielder, kind of at best, is what I'm seeing. Uh, James Justin, probably a pretty decent deal, uh, like quite well hyped. But yeah, I, I have big question marks about this um, this window to the extent that I couldn't even rate it. Uh, partly because I don't know like what the McGuire thing does, uh, and I also. I think Grace flagged it up this morning that they had a, a pretty good young center back at loan at Celtic that you know might be promising. So I'm not really sure what to give them. So I guess that probably means it's around about an average grade. Yeah, I didn't even put that together actually. Obviously, the Celtic connection. Maybe they're quite happy just to just to um, bring him in. Obviously, having been at Celtic, so so they've got options. Saying. And I, I are they moving on? Are they potentially challenging for a higher tier? Uh, that's a lot down to Rogers. Like, what can Rogers get out yeah. of this group? And it, it's intriguing at the very least. So I don't hate this window. I'm just not sure like how much it's made them better. Yeah, I, I've got it in the kind of like what have I got them at? Same but question mark C minus to C plus depending on how it works out. Anyway, Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool are in the same C because they just didn't do anything. So I I have it. Uh, I think Adrian is an upgrade at. Backup, um, you know, goalkeeper, <laughs> yeah. and but, their outgoings are pretty good. Ings was already locked in. Uh, getting rid of Minulay for any fees good. Uh, big wage, big wage packet for storage. Moreno's gone. Uh, some of their kids are are gone elsewhere. Uh, but the problem for me with them is the other team that we haven't gotten to, which is that I think City made big upgrades. So yeah. looking at Liverpool, you know, standing still for them, you know, you got to hope that everybody else kind of settles in and becomes even better. Whereas City, like, you know, took significant improvement, especially at, at one position and possibly at two. Yeah, I would have, I would have bought. Like, I mean, Moreno going means that they look a bit light behind Robertson. I mean, you hope he plays all season, but there's, you know, with Champions League and all that, there's that's a lot of games. Yeah, um, I'd heard from it, some neutrals that they were certainly searching there, but didn't find someone. A bit like you know, Van right. Dyke was the only choice. Maybe they didn't find a choice that they liked well enough to leap. If Mil, you know, Milner's the cover there for, for you know for probably a lot of positions in that team. Yeah, maybe, maybe some you know behind kind of Alexander Arnold and uh, Gomez, maybe at right back. So also like fullbacks, fullback you felt like they could do with another like versatile fullback that didn't never came. Uh, I, I've I'm on record long since as saying that I'd have I'd have bought like another another kind of like good quality forward. So there's kind of like four top class guys rotating in those three positions, and you. Can I think start I think they're injury, gonna. But- they're gonna roll the dice on. Um, oh God, my name's gone blank. But he scored the goal against. <laughs> he scored Champions League goals. They're gonna roll the dice on him. Are you there, James? That narrows it down. A man that has scored Champions League goals. Origi. There we go. Started with <laughs> yeah, Origi. Course, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're gonna roll the dice on Origi, and they're gonna integrate Ryan Brewster. And I think that you know, given how well they've judged their younger players, you know, I'll, I'll give them a chance on that. I just think that. Ivan as a B minus. I think the issue is is really that that City got better, which should be impossible. Yeah, but let's let's talk City. Let's go to City. I mean, the two the two main deals they've done, Rodri and Cancelo. Uh, basically, Rodri, it's squad wise. I mean, I appreciate Delph kind of like fitted in left back, but squad wise, it just feels like Delph twenty nine being swapped out for Rodri twenty three. Rodri decent player, and then Danilo twenty eight being swapped out for Cancelo. Did you just say 25. decent player? Come on. Did I say what? You called Rodri a decent player. Yeah, I really like him. A decent, okay, decent, decent's a compliment in my world. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh man! So they basically they've got younger. Like you know, there's there's, there's ten years or so, nine years like disappeared, like off two positions in their squad with potentially uh, swapping rotation guys for for like starters. Uh, you know, ro- presumably Rodri or Fernandinho is going to be in, in that position. Uh, Cancelo or uh, Walker in a kind of right back position, rather than kind of like Walker very much so, and then Danilo behind him. And Cancelo can fit in over on the left side if he has to as well. And they've got Angelino and Porro, two kind of like young. I don't know if they're in, still in the squad. I think Angelino is two kind of young fullbacks. So there's the fullback options all over the place. But bottom line is, is they've just got better and quietly spent quite a lot of money. Um, that Angelino fee, if that was a market fee, like that probably would have been three, four times, maybe even five times what it's listed as like a five million, six million. That was because they had a buyback on them. So, you know, if you, if you look at it and say they spent 60 some odd billion on, on both Rodri and, and Cancelo and probably another 25 ish on Angelino, if, if they had had to do that, 
you know, that's a, that's a significant upgraded window for a team that now has the first and second most points ever in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it, this is it. I've got them, like, they, they're in my top tier. This this team, this squad is better, and they have done good deals. It's no surprise. They they you know since the since Pep kind of bought all the defenders that one year, they've 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 really been quite shrewd in not going crazy and just making like small graded improvements. I mean, you, know, you could argue about the Maris deal last year, but it certainly didn't make them any any weaker. And now, well, and, and Sane ACL is is a problem, yeah. but you know we weren't sure they were going to keep him. He seemed to want to move to back to Germany. Um, you know, that's going to be, it's going to cause them some minor issues, but they're so deep. So Pugsley flagged up a, a, a podcast quote from me from like February of 2018. Basically, I was talking about what City was doing was really quite impressive, like going to be deep at every single position. It's kind of amazing right now. And everybody's going to hate this in, in a couple of years time. And I think we're probably there, right? They we look so brutally good. The 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 dis the dislike for Man City after the FA Cup final and they absolutely uh, I can't remember they played now but they trounced them and um, yeah that was that was just like that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back and everyone's sick of Man City being good we need Pep to go really just to make it fun and interesting but then they'll probably be all right for a while whilst uh, anyway because they've got such a deep and strong squad so I have them as a solid A yeah one of the I think the two best windows and now. The camera pans across Manchester. <laughs> man United, man. I, right, let's look at the good side of things. Man United, right? Juan Bazaka and James, both young, like promising players. Uh, there was a thing that was out this morning saying that basically Giggs had, Giggs had been on the phone and said, like, James is good. You should buy James. And so they did. And it feels like maybe that's about like what's going on there. Juan Bazaka deal, fine. Maguire deal feels like an overpay, but I don't mind, like, I think he's a good defender, but losing Lukaku and Herrera, so losing like you know your primary goal scorer, at least you know in the last couple of seasons for all their seems to have been issues, and losing kind of like a bit of steel in midfield, just it just feels like they haven't done enough to right the ship really. Not only steel in midfield, but like you you basically have the ghost of Nemanja Matic. Yeah. That is charged with patrolling pretty much the entirety of it. Like we talk about Arsenal needing to play fast and loose in order to win games. Manchester United, like an awful lot like that. Now, sure, like maybe Bissaka is is a significant upgrade at fullback, and Maguire is also a probable upgrade at centre back, regardless of whatever price you got. Uh, we talked earlier on uh, or on the last pod about that. We're not going to delve back into it, but like. I mean, maybe the Lukaku deal and, and outgoing is is United really wanting to find a way to use Alexis Sanchez's contract and wages. <laughs> like, look, let's play him. We're paying him more than anybody. Oh, he barely gets he barely gets a mention at the moment. Like, I don't even know if he, you know, where does he fit into this squad anyway? It's just you can play him as center forward like he did at the last wow. season at Arsenal. You can, you can, he is capable of doing that, and he's he's had a nice long rest, so he should be fresh. I I grade them as a, like a C minus because I just think it's just I can understand like an idea that like they've got better in a couple of positions, but I just don't see how fundamentally this squad has has been. It just, there was just more work to do, and they just didn't do it, and now it's a big question mark. And I I just I don't know what to think about Man United from a positive. This is a club that is mismanaged. Like it should be one of the best clubs in the world. It we're. I still see them struggling to to get into the top four again, unless Solskjaer is like way better than we have any any evidence to believe. Uh, yeah, I, they got worse this summer. They've got more money than God. I, they they make almost no moves that are good. Is, is my and maybe you know avoiding like the bad Dybala deal that everybody managed to avoid for whatever reason is is a positive. But man, this is a mess. And United look like they're. Like they're they're nowhere near steering out of this mess. They're just not getting better in the ways no, that they and it, should be. And it, yeah, and it feels like they're steering in the in the slightly wrong direction, like basically towards the nineteen nineties, and um, just turning themselves into like this kind of uh, proto Ferguson nineties unit, where you know we've we've got grit and good good lads and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, right, that isn't quite what the Premier League's about anymore, guys. Uh, what are you doing anyway? Newcastle. Newcastle. Where did I grade Newcastle? 
Yeah, same, <laughs> same but question mark because Joe Lynch, right? I mean, we got themes that we've returned to against Joe Linton, twenty-two, Alan Sam Maximin, twenty-two. Craft, I don't know much about him. Twenty-five, Andy Carroll on a free, an incentive-based free. I mean, that's one. That's a bit of fun, isn't it? For thirty-year-old Andy Carroll. But then they've lost like players, like you know, Perez. Perez is gone. Kennedy's gone. Obviously, Rondon went. Like they, the needle hasn't moved on them. Maybe they're even a little bit worse this season. I don't know. They're down towards the bottom end, to my mind, uh, despite the fact that they somehow went out and spent quite a lot of money, which was surprising. Interesting. So I have them as a slight upgrade, and I have them as a B. Uh, I think they overpaid for Jolinton by a good bit. St. Maximum is really just, can they get his head straight? He is talented, but maybe kind of the aimless dribbler mode, the Vadama Traore. I like the Jetro loan, who kind of needed a new... Oh, yeah, um, I forgot about that one. Yeah, so Jetro Willems on loan. Uh, the Andy Carroll one is a nothing. I'm going <laughs> to ignore yeah. that completely. Uh, the outbounds, they, they sold Perez for a good amount. Like, where did Rondon end up? He went, I think, like Russia or something. I think he went. Okay, yeah, for some decent amount again. Yeah. So, like, it yeah. doesn't feel that bad. And Kennedy I, you know, went back as well. I think he was quite a useful, like, participant last season you know it's, it's these loans that didn't get replaced i don't know it's just uh, I mean, the issue is just steve bruce like what are you going to get us like the the downgrade between rafa and steve bruce is is huge but like we can't even talk about that as part of the transfer window so i think that they are worse than last year but their talent is better which is kind of a, a weird thing to, to yeah. contextualize yeah no that's fair right let's uh let's move to norwich Norwich were odds. They did very little. They don't. I don't see them as being any worse as they were last season, which they were, of course, very decent in the championship. Bought a goalkeeper, Farman. Um, was it Dermich has come in as? Um, yeah. Was he on a free? And Roberts as a kind of like, Roberts is an interesting player on a loan, and Amadou on a loan as well. So they've, it feels like I like the fact that they haven't gone crazy here. I like the fact that they've just kind of said like, no, we were a decent team last season. We don't need to do anything like wild and crazy to to you know give ourselves a shot in the Premier League, and we'll we'll see how we pan out. And that's. Um, yeah, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work. But I've, you know, I've, I've got no general qualms with you know what they've done. I think I put them, yeah, put them just kind of like C plus, like a little bit better than last season because they fundamentally have some more players than last season. So it's just a kind of truth. But yeah, I, I'm okay with this. So my notes say that I have cautious admiration for this window. And I, I <laughs> kind of go. understand exactly what they did they they basically they're worried about being in that yo-yo range and that's kind of how they've described themselves for like five years we're a bit of a yo-yo club uh you know just given our our funding and and how things work at our club etc i think what's really intriguing is you look at what's listed as their major outs and jarvis is gone and Stephen naismith are gone and you're like oh and evo pinto like more guys like left on a free or release yeah there's, there's a, so there's this a is few, kind of what they're digging out of there's a few sins of the past that have, have you know finally been rid and that's that's fine that's good like i remember the naismith deal when it happened and it was just like this isn't a good deal. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was yeah, like totally. from the get go, and it, and it kind of never proved to be. But yeah, I, 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 there, I'm, I'm, you know, as far as like you know, team, team coming up from championship and has to think about how they progress and doesn't have massive squad holes like maybe Villa did. Then I'm, I'm okay with this entirely. And you know, they, like I say, their they, their actual net outlay has been barely anything at all. So, from know, a talent perspective, it's probably like a C plus as you you described. From a from a strategic perspective. I think that this is a good window for them, and I don't want to describe it otherwise. Uh, Sheffield, let's go a bit further north. Sheffield United, right? Uh, yeah, again, like I think I've got to be they're, they're in there with the Villa for me as a kind of ha- this this squad has to now be better, but also Fulham question mark because they've signed so many players. Um, I like getting the keeper back. I like Henderson uh, on loan. Uh, Jagielka one for the just one for the fans. Morrison, Morrison just a kind of like well, yeah. Uh, McBurney. I, I, I would be more on the well, no on that side. <laughs> yeah, but okay. yeah, fair. Players like maybe kind of like a similar kind of like yeah, okay. And then you know, a bunch of players that are kind of like the right age and could could have upside. McBurney, Mooset, Robinson, 23, 23, 24, Osborne, 24. It doesn't feel like there's like a huge kind of like uh, move forward. They did need to get younger. They had kind of like quite an old squad coming up. Um, 
just just again like the the idea of like integrating so many players in in relatively short space of time uh and and hitting the ground running i can see why they've done what they've done it's fine and like you know they haven't lost anyone particularly from their squad last season that's going to you know mean that they they're going to you know naturally kind of go backwards in any way so it's going to be tough they're having a go they haven't spent insane amounts of money i think i tots up as something like 40 million whereas villa are more like you know 130 million so yeah it's it's a it's a kind of like it's a generic move into the premier league with with some spending and we need more players I think Callum Robertson and Luke Freeman deals were both optimistic. I'm not sure that they're Premier League caliber players. I like the Ben Osborne deal. Ben Osborne was listed as one of those young center backs that people thought could you know, potentially break into the England setup at some point. And that seems pretty cheap and, and a good one. This was said as a, as a gamble, hoping that he returns to form that he had when basically he originally moved to Bournemouth before an injury. But you know, maybe they see good things out of him. McBurney, you know, that's a lot for his output but maybe he does have like the x factor as we mentioned on the last <laughs> pod and uh, and dean henderson i think was actually pretty important for them he looks like he's going to be a top tier goalkeeper so that's pretty good i have them as like a b uh yeah south coast yeah. southampton yeah so sounds ing's permanent adams and gineppo like 14 15 million dan so i don't know anything about his young guy on loan and then players like target austin gallic kind of like shrugs or you know kind of like bit part men are on the way out they've basically if you kind of take them the ings deal out of it which was you know agreed long since they've basically haven't really spent any money um kind of same but question mark for me like kind of c c minus i don't really i don't know i, I don't see any kind of like great upgrades here um maybe jenepoca turns out to be great maybe adam scores a bunch of goals but it's it's all kind of like there's just not really enough happen there, I don't think, for this for this squad. Uh, of course, depending their hopes on Hassan, who will be in the kind of like coaching upgrade, and if he can get um, a little bit more out of his team with a full preseason and all that kind of thing in place, then they they could be you know plonk themselves back in the kind of mid table that they used to exist happily with him. But from a transfer window perspective, it's a bit. Mm. Okay, so I have them as a B minus. Uh, I wanted to like not be as impressed with Danny Ings, but I looked up his, his stats last year, and he's doing kind of everything that you want uh, a Hassan Huddle forward to do. Uh, you know, we think that the main, as, as you mentioned, the the main upgrade comes from Hassan Huddle. You know, basically replacing a, a not good anymore Mark Hughes. Uh, so that is is a solid. Um, and then I. You know, getting rid of an old Charlie Austin for a young Che Adams doesn't yeah. feel like a bad thing. So, like, I think that's a, a minor upgrade. Target, I think, isn't good enough to play in the Premier League, really, or maybe in the lower tier. So, like, that's a fine sale. Uh, and Gineppo is the is the unknown there. And and this is me giving them maybe a little bit of credit for saying, yeah, we think this guy is is good enough. But a lot of it is again getting getting something out of the talent that they had already bought. Um, you know, Buffal and and Nathan Redmond. If if Hassan Hüttel can turn those guys into you know slightly smarter wingers, and I think I felt like Redmond was getting there, like those guys can be a real pain in the ass to play. Buffal is literally one of the league leaders or the European leaders in dribbles. Is he not? Is he not gone out on loan again? Or oh, did he go out on loan? I, I don't actually know. Keep I, I just presumed he had, so I, I, we could be wrong there, and mm, don't know. So, so anyway, I mean, they do have some interesting players on the squad. We'll see where that one goes. I I think it's it's a slightly positive window. Okay, cool. and let's right, let's yeah. go from slightly positive to real positive. Yay, Tottenham! Ooh, Tot- Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham. There's amazing. Someone found like uh, I think it was an Evening Standard report, and they found the tweet, and it was from the end of May, and it was like Tottenham's targets for this window: uh, uh, Lo Celso, Ndombele, Clark, and Sessignol. And it was like, what the hell? They went and got wow. more. Wow. Yeah, hell of a like, and that I mean that's one of these things like you know that the, these targets were identified and it might have taken them till like six p.m. last night, but they got them over the line. Do you remember the reaction no. that I got when I said Tottenham could spend like two or three hundred billion and it wouldn't be that big a deal? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, everyone's like, nah, that ain't gonna happen. 
and it, it hasn't it quite nearly <laughs> did. Like the baller was right there to tip it over into the end. Yeah, I think it just copes out. Like if you've got like Trippier out for twenty, and uh, Lo Celso's like on a Lo Celso's on a, uh, a loan to buy. Uh, it's a like loan to buy that's actually seventy million, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're definitely certainly have. in range of that one. <laughs> Session on like twenty five thirty, Clark ten. Uh, yeah, I mean. This is this is this not alongside Man City. This is the good window like that we've got here. Everyone banging on about right backs. I ain't interested in right backs. It's fine. They've brought two absolute top tier <laughs> right age like central midfield prospects in Ndombele and Lo Celso. Central midfield, attacking midfield, like kind of Ndombele more of a two way midfielder. Lo Celso could kind of fit anywhere. Um, this is exactly what they needed to do and exactly what they have done. Session on perfect kind of like. Uh, like fullback stroke, attacking fullback, whatever he's going to be, long term Danny Rose replacement, maybe, probably. Uh, Clark's gone back to Leeds on loan, but it, it's fine. Presumably Bielsa has, you know, got good things to say about him to to his mate Pochettino. And the big shadow that looms across it all is what happens to Ericsson, which may or may not, we may or may not find out in the next uh, two to three weeks. Uh, he may stay for the season and. Uh, leave for a free to wherever he likes next summer. Who knows? But you know, I think they've generally solved the problems they need needed to solve, which is buy a goddamn central midfield and good central midfielders. Like you know, if you were like top five players that have arrived in this league uh, this summer, Lachelso and Dombele would be in in that top five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So I have this as an A minus uh, because they didn't quite have a perfect window. If they'd had the perfect window getting a right back, then I'm going to upgrade that. But in terms of overall quality upgrade of a squad, I think that this is probably the best window that that somebody had. And, you know, Dombele and, and Los Celso, like, I, no qualms whatsoever about saying these were the perfect players that they could have bought for this team and they got it done jack clark was a guy that we we talked about and i said i i love every bit of this deal even if they send him back like this is what they need to have happen you know there is the lingering question of who the hell is going to play when harry kane you know is gone and the answer is sort of son and we've got some depth from the wide forward with Lamella probably being healthy so it's not it's not a bad thing it's just like lucas as well so it is I mean, more and more, this Tottenham squad feels like it's stock full of players that can play in multiple positions. Well, it's guys that have been around for a good long time, and they kind of—it's one reason why they probably are interchangeable, at least somewhat up front, because they understand the system and what we're supposed to do. Uh, you know, they—they've got one more year of grace, I think, before they need to to jump back in and and maybe get another like significant attacker. But this is this is a great window, uh, undoubtedly. Definitely in the top four. Probably doesn't leap them into that top two race, but you know it certainly yeah, solidifies the, them in the Champions League and possibly gives them you know another deep run into the world's biggest club tournament. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I, I think the gap to to make up on Liverpool and um, Manchester City obviously is 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 too much. But like if they can just like plonk themselves into the, into the top four like comfortably, which these feel like the the, the right signings are, are there. I mean, they had very little in central midfield last season, and chopping and changing with Sissoko, one yet broken Wanyama, broken Harry Winks at various points. Uh, you know, Dem Valley went to China. They've basically just bought two players that should have fitness prevailing should should just kind of like sit somewhere in their midfield and and like really help things out. Um, yeah, the matches between it, like, those three teams are absolutely must-see TV as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they're basically three of the top six, top eight in Europe, period, and you yeah. must watch them. They they should be that good. Yeah, I mean, their metrics were not great last season. They had a lot of injuries. They could do with less injuries this time around. But, like, from a like quality of squad and upgrade position, then we're all good. Right, uh, Watford... Watford were kind of intriguing. I thought Watford had done more, and then it was like yesterday, so in well, well, Welbeck, uh, Saar, uh, and apart from that, not much going on. I mean, I think Saar was a small coup for them. Uh, I think, where have I got Watford as kind of... Mm, same but question mark, maybe C, maybe maybe that's a little bit cruel. I don't know. There's not. I got. I went through this whole league, and it was like, right. I, got, I know all about. I, I've got a good idea about all this league. And then I got to the end of it. Watford, West Ham, and Wolves. And then it was like, right. Okay. Now it's getting a bit weird. So then Watford, <laughs> Watford kicked that that section off. So uh, what do you? Well, think, I think Watford Tom? are a bit weird. 
Um, they, they run themselves differently. And so I've got Ismail Asar uh, as an upgrade. Um, well, but I don't really know, like injuries have kind of curtailed his prime and it's really unfortunate. Um, the rest of these he's guys... okay is just, just a squad man. Though, but, but again, it's a bit like the Carroll. It's a bit like, well, yeah, if he can get on the pitch, then great. If he doesn't... Yeah. You expect absolutely nothing from him, but you know, if you get something, then great. I, I have this as a C plus, mostly based on Sar being an upgrade and not much else happening. And I think Watford are just happy to stay in the Premier League. So, yeah, and they've, they've yeah they've they've seemed to have kind of like got to that stage where they they are pretty solid. And like I say, Sars Sars could be like quite a up, good upside guy for them. So, I, I think that they, it was pro- a slight overpay, but I still I think it's a promising deal. Now this next team, I'm excited to see what you have to say. Well, West Ham United. Now, we've had ongoing discussions on this podcast and a lot of interaction with West Ham fans over the years. Some of them who have waited with trepidation as we have discussed their past transfer windows. And we've been doing this for quite a long time. And I remember the, the window before last or the summer before last. They're like, oh, God. Like, and, and we got asked to go on different West Ham pods and explain why it felt so bad. Last year, we were pretty positive. What did we feel about this summer? Well, in, in, my instinct was like quite positive. Like, I think Sebastian Haller is a decent signing. I think Pablo Fornells is a decent signing. Um, and then I kind of like looked at their outs with Elnatovic going, Obiang going, uh, Perez is gone, and who else do they have? Various, various people. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know now. I wonder if their depth's all right. I don't know if they've got like significant depth because it feels like. It feels like they've they've attempted to kind of like get a little bit younger and probably have done, but I don't know. I'm just I felt far more neutral about it when I kind of like looked at the ins and outs together than I felt like I did beforehand. So I'm a bit kind of like C C minus on West Ham. Wow. Okay. So right this now. is the one that we I was excited to to see. We disagree completely on this. <laughs> Go on. Then. Uh, so. Sebastian Haller should be a guy that's too good for West Ham to get in terms of like the classical approach and, and the classical thought of West Ham. Haller is is a Champions League player. They've bought him. I'm I'm very high on him. I have been for a long time. Followed his career closely, basically since he came out of Auxerre uh, Academy. So I think that getting that is just a major upgrade for them. Uh, Pablo Fornals, another guy that felt like, you know, really, he's gone to West Ham? Might be too good. Albion Ajeti might be the steal of the summer if, you know, you believe that his baseline stats are are good enough to indicate that this is his real ability. Right, uh, I don't know much about this guy, so that's, that's an interesting one. Yeah, exactly. And, like, XG90 in Swiss League was, like, you know, at, at the limit, uh, really pretty prom- promising there. Their attack was already pretty good, but now this attack is like serious. Like this is a legit attack. Should be fun. I believe in Pellegrini. I think Pellegrini's an excellent coach and has been for yeah, a long no, time. Yes. Cardoso, I don't know as much about, but again, we're at the point where I kind of got to trust that that these guys are doing good stuff. Getting rid of Arnautovic, great. Off you go. Uh, Fernandez, <laughs> fine. Obiang needed to go as well. Like not really good enough to to be more than average for them. The Reese Oxford deal is the only one that I have some question about. But I guess if you're not really going to use him, maybe it's time to go. It seems like they didn't get a big enough fee versus you know how how well regarded he has been in, in English club circles. But I have this as an A. I think they upgraded a massive amount. And I think West Ham are possibly leaping into that second tier, like, you know, the the sixth to to ninth range. I feel like this is where they've gotten now. Wow. Well, there we go, West Ham fans. Ted Knudsen of Statsbomb yeah. is right behind your window. But James... Isn't. James is not impressed by this. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I mean, I have to look into this GT guy because I don't know much about him. So maybe maybe I've just kind of like given, given that a shrug. Eight million seems quite cheap for him as well. If, you know, if, if, if he's potentially well, as good. Well, that's as my him. point. This is exactly the type of deal that you want them to make, though. There's, there is some uncertainty. But if they've only paid peanuts for him, like less than eight figures for a possible, you know, if not a starter this year, but at least a good backup at forward, as opposed to like a Chicharito or something like that. Like, you know, this is, is very sensible. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that, there we go. There's, there's your divisive one towards the end. Let's flip to Wolves and let So Wolverhampton Wanderers. Get to the end. Now, I can't get my head around this because they've, they've uh, kind of like made him and Dendonka permanent, which cost 
reasonable amount of money. Uh, it's owned Patrick Catroni from Milan for quite a reasonable fee, like 16 million. That's not bad at all. And then you got all these bunch of young kids that have arrived for reasons unknown, and they've still got a small squad, like they had last season, and they're they've got European football. So go figure. I don't know what's what they're doing there. I'm I'm a big kind of like question mark shrug on Wolves. Where did I put them at? I put them at same because I don't think they've really moved, but. See, yeah, I'm same range. I like the Catrone deal and price for them, but everything else, I have no idea. And Europa League could grind them to dust. Um, Vallejo's come from Real Madrid as a centre back, so you know the three centre backs will probably continue, and maybe they've got an option there. But yeah, interesting one with Wolves. Vallejo was really good on loan previously i think in the bundesliga so that one might be an upgrade as well yeah so. that could be a good one right i think we've been through the whole whole league like your winners were man city and west ham mine were tottenham and uh and, and spurs tottenham and man city and the, well we didn't like palace sorry palace and you didn't like burnley at all yeah that's Very me. Much so. That's that. That's that's the. It's on record now. The, mine and Ted's opinions on the transfer window. Uh, hope you enjoy the podcast, and we'll get back to this once we're all back from holiday. But uh, I think that should should be it for a little while, shouldn't it, Ted? All right. Take care, everybody. And if you want to know any more about our conference and the scheduled guests, we put that in the last podcast. Uh, tickets are still available. Hop on in. Take care. Bye. Bye.